0: Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles brought to you by Bolin Media. I am Ross Bolin here as always with Mr. Barrett Dudley to talk about the best in TV and uh, in the film
1: and movies and cinema, Hollywood, pop culture, and the like. Barrett, what's good? Oh, not too much, man. Just got done fading out the music like a... uh, DJ Barrett Dudley. Like a real professional and, and now... Your I'm DJ ready to, name in high school with Tweezy. Now, now I'm ready to that. give my my full attention to uh to this podcast here. We are doing we have signed up for a uh a, like a, a an indoor soccer league with uh with the company at Howler Brothers. Oh and there's like a potential jersey situation and I was like softball team. Uh uh soccer. Soccer Excuse indoor me. indoor soccer. Indoor I soccer. Although I did want we'll touch on softball as well um we had bit, to invent big indoor soccer podcast. because uh, it's hot as sin outside if anybody was like why wouldn't you just play soccer outside <laughs> and also you need fewer people you don't have to field a team of 11 true smaller but field. there's a potential to have names and numbers on the back of a jersey for the first time in my life or for the first time in in like many, the last many, decade many many years you know? and it got me thinking about those t-shirts that we had in high school where you know do you remember that we're, they were. It was like a West Side T-shirt, and you could order it in like a million different colors, and you could put whatever name Vaguely. and number you wanted on the back. I feel and, like that uh, was just
0: a disaster waiting to happen. Now that I know what what happens
1: when you allow children to pick their own online gamer tags, I mean, Ross, it was shocking. I guess that's a good point, but it was shocking how like good we were about it. Like nobody was putting like you know. Hitler sixty nine xxx <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so so on the back of mine I, on, on at least one of mine I had B. tweezy um, on the ones and twos you were them. and I'm not gonna do that on this one but damn it but I was not I I could not overcome the, the just this innate desire to be a child and so I did choose number sixty nine because somebody <laughs> has to. Yeah, somebody does have to. Right? Like, you have to have a 69 on your team. Otherwise, are you having fun? That's society. Are you out there having fun or not? Exactly. Brock? And I, got to, I had to step up and be that guy, and I'm sorry about that.
0: If the squad doesn't have a 69 <laughs> guy, your squad isn't very fun. You need at least one. It's been proven over time now. This is yeah. no longer like some weird societal issue where some people are offended by it. Look, we all 69. This is something we can all agree on. <laughs> all sexes, religions... Cultures,
1: so yeah, it's just you know, you get it has to be it has to be out there and represented, so it's a number you can't cancel. Um, yeah, man, what do we have on the docket today? Oh, well, Where I do guess you we could start? start with the White Lotus. Do you want to start with White Lotus? Um, because that's it's the thing I
0: most recently watched, it's still top of mind, yeah, okay, all right. And I saw you, you had a bit of a proclamation that you made on Twitter regarding episode three, I did, yeah, and its yeah. potential breakthrough nature, yeah, for you. Well, I'll guess. I first of all, to frame it up for those who aren't watching the White Lotus, it is a new. Is it a miniseries or a? it, it is what is limited now. Series. It's a limited
1: series. Limited series. Which, just to 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 you know, to nod to the Emmys a little bit, the, the the pandemic certainly spurred this on a little bit. But like, are limited series the new series? Because this is where all the good shit is happening right now. And like you look at the list, and like obviously we we for this run of Emmys, we were missing a lot of our big shit. There was no Stranger Things, there was no succession. We have some we have some shows that are multiple season shows that are recurring that that are carrying along plot lines for several years basically that are coming back that we're looking forward to and that are good shows. Right. Those all that a lot of the Better Call Saul is another great example. Um sure. that uh, one of of one that is like that but got bumped. And in their absence, we what we had was a bunch of amazing limited series. Whether it was uh, "I May Destroy You" or "Mayor of Easttown," or um, was the uh, other,
0: was the detective one on Queen's HBO? Ga-
1: "Queen's Gambit," um, or what? Which one? The detective one on HBO. Mayor of Easttown. Nah, the other one that was a show
0: uh, that was a show in like the '60s or '70s, and they just started it over. Oh, Perry Mason. Perry Mason so, was that pa- a limited Perry Mason, series? No, that's oh, okay. it's,
1: it's returning for a second season.
0: Yeah, but can't you just call it a
1: limited series and then be like? Uh, you know what? We had some success there. You it's a limited series season two. You could, which is a which is a thing that like the Emmys are going to have to figure out as all of this stuff gets really like mixed and mingled. Labeling because, man, because Mayor of Easttown could very easily be in the just best drama television category, right. and like nobody would blink an eye, and it would win all the awards, and it would make total sense. Shouldn't it be? But because it's because they selected and like because they only intended to do one season, it's like limited. Yeah, and so they put it in that category instead. But now that category is like the big category, essentially. And the at genres, least this year, it is.
0: The genres have become very blended, and we've seen it's problematic. the The labeling at award shows now, comedies being in in the drama for best picture. It's like just chaos. Dramas being labeled as comedies so that they can have a better ch- like it's weird shit, confusing stuff, making it unclear. And then at the same time, we've got this even bigger problem with the labeling of these different types of TV shows, mini series, limited series, full run series. Like what just, it should be. Yeah, are, it's, is there it's more just kind of all over the place. Yeah. Is there more
1: than eight episodes of this? <laughs> then it's just a TV show. Yeah. Anyway, White Lotus is a limited series. And it, it's, I, I think the reason that, that these are so much fun is because. You know that they're leaving it all out on the table. They have a story. There's they're gonna an tell arc. It. You know that there's a beginning and that there is going to be an end. And like maybe they're leaving. Maybe like Mayor of Easttown, there's like a door cracked. Right? They could come back if they wanted to. Sure. But they get the whole story in, and they're leaving it all out there. And you don't feel like like we've talked about with the show, like Handmaid's Tale, for example. That they're just kicking the can down the road because they the don't ne- know what to do next. Because the network wants more seasons. Yeah.
0: You know, and they don't have the good story that they had when they started, because and so they kind of ran out of steam.
1: Exactly, you, you, somebody has a great idea; they're putting it down, they're laying it out there, and and they're they're getting their story off essentially. Yeah, and it's just a lot of fun because I think you feel that energy, you feel everybody kind of they, they're they're giving a performance like they would in a movie essentially, because that's that's how they're that's how they're thinking about the story. It's a it's a one story thing. So remember the third day, yeah, uh-huh. on HBO. What's the name
0: of the dude that starred in that? Jude Law. Jude Law, thank you. The, it, this sort of gives me the third day vibes in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, obviously not as like crazy, mystical, and magical or whatever. More dealing with real life circumstances so far. But uh, just in the way that it's this sort of... I think that... I, yeah, it was a limited series, the third day was. Yep, so yep, yep. it's this sort of story you know is going to have a start and finish. You don't really have to worry about where they're going from here. And you can focus on what's happening now and just stay in the moment and and watch it unfold. And uh, also on an island, lots of weird vibes and strange Mm storylines. And um, after the first two episodes, I I was already like, I like the sort of, I guess what some people would probably call boring nature of this show. Of the third day? Of White Lotus? White Lotus. Okay. Um... Just a really quirky, strange conversation. I'm just cracking up the whole time. Is what I'm saying. Like it's fucking hilarious. Yeah.
1: To so just, just to to, to find to yeah. put the put the pin down on it. This is a show that is a limited series. It is on. It is in one place. It is at a, a resort in Maui, and Hawaii. And it is a uh, dramedy about relationships, essentially, both family and friends and um and, life and, and, and mourning and, and romantic relationships and all and all of that. And uh yeah, so this the this third episode, you know, I thought I think we were both really intrigued by this show after one, and then last week we didn't get to talk about two, but I thought two was was good. Yeah, um, I was pretty and, in after two. I was just uh, like, okay, no matter what, I'm in. And then this third episode really just felt like <sighs> it, it, it it just kicked into high gear. It was funnier. Faster paced. It sure. was faster paced and and people are because because of the way that they're setting this up, you can feel like, you know, people, their their ropes are starting to slip. They're unraveling. They're unraveling. Everybody's yes. unraveling. Everybody is starting
0: to unravel. Little by little. And the third episode <laughs> is when the cracks start to show enough to yeah. where it starts to get really entertaining. And before we dive really far into it and I forget, can I ask you a question? Sure. What the fuck happened to the chick that had a baby in the guy's office in episode one? <laughs> um, we've not come back to that, Russ. Well, I just, this, it... <laughs> I don't understand. I'm just confused right now. Like I, that seemed like a really big plot point. Like it she did. was one of the main characters.
1: A, yeah, and yeah. then she just kind of fucking vanished. And there's so much going on that I haven't really cared. But I'm not either. But that is a great point. I do not know what's going on with her. No idea. So you got to think that she's going to play a part though, uh, in the in in some future episodes. I would think so. Otherwise,
0: that was a very strange first episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so from here, if you haven't watched White Lotus, we're gonna get into heavy spoilers with what's going on in the show. So go watch it on HBO. It's three episodes deep, roughly,
1: you know, a little under three hours. Yeah, and not that there are I mean, not that there are really many spoilers at this point. True, true it, enough. It's just we're just gonna be talking about the plot. So if you just want to listen and, and hear more about the show, that that's good too. Um right. this show is it, it it is actually reminding me a little bit of Meravistown. It's not on the same scale, but like it's picking up and like we jumped in on night one, obviously, and, and talked about that first episode. But now I've got friends that have that are like, "Oh, should I watch White Lotus?" And like they've started watching it. My parents have texted me about it now, right. and it, it it's is got definitely momentum. yeah, it's building that momentum here. Uh, three weeks in, and I I think it'll end up being pretty popular. And like you said,
0: placed well where HBO really does have their timing down. Get a Sunday show in there, yeah, so that people are talking about it. Like the NBA finals just ended. NHL wrapped up, football season as isn't here yet. Like we're with baseball, you know. People need something to watch. <laughs> uh, and the Olympics. You heard I guess. of the Olympics? Yeah, yeah they're yeah. really riveting, Barrett. <laughs> and we're crushing it as a country. Just kidding. We're really not. It's pretty unfortunate what's gone down so far. Um, we're in the lead. We're in the medal lead. Ah, uh, yeah, but losing Simone Biles and losing to fucking who did we? France in basketball. That was a little embarrassing. I know it didn't matter, and we can still. Yeah. Wait. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Um back to the White Lotus. Yeah, so it's this is the one where we see let's start with the guy from um Saving Silverman. Yeah, Steve Zahn. The dad, mm-hmm. Steve Zahn, who found out recently that not only does he not have testicular cancer, his father had two lives, one with his family and then one with the homosexuals. <laughs> That's right. As whoever it is that Yeah, his uncle or something like uncle, that. His uncle, yeah. Who clearly was a little out of date, um, puts it. So he's really struggling with this, um, not because he is a homophobe so much as that he is his entire life has been this uh, sort of lie when it comes to his relationship with his father. And yeah, he's, what he's, was the set? His setup? world is rocked because yeah, he didn't know the truth. Yeah, set setup for his masculinity, right? Yeah. His his model for masculinity, it turns out, was different than he thought it was. So that changes the whole his whole worldview. So him dealing with that is um, is both deep. And hilarious. Yes. <laughs> because he doesn't do so well with it. Uh, he's he's derailing pretty hard into what, you know, a midlife crisis looks like. And oh my God, dude. Like, just his the drunken... Him talking about sex to Daddario's character. Yeah, Rachel. And then continuing when his
1: weirdo son sits great, down. Great scenes. Uh, just like... Just has completely removed... In any boundaries, any shackles of, of what's appropriate to talk about with your kids or with strangers. <laughs> um, I, Such a funny laugh-out-loud moment when his son comes back and sits down. The son is, like, perfectly cast, by the way. He's, like... His, his kid's he's, just he's, awesome, he's too. He's capturing that really, really weird, like, you're Awkward. not a man, but you're not a kid anymore. You're like are man. And you're just... Yeah, and you're, like... He's got, the, like, the weird scruff going on, and, like, he's just kind of this dipshit. He's just like... <laughs> And you're like, what, what, are you ta- what are you talking about? Oh, sex with your mom <laughs> <That's> So funny <laughs> Sex with your mom <laughs> She has
0: to fucking cover up when he comes and sits down Because he's just staring at her tits um, and, and she's like, oh my god, this yeah, fucking kid so, uh, But yeah. Steve Zahn is hysterical, man It's kind of weird, like, now seeing this Especially that he hasn't done more Maybe he hasn't wanted to I don't really know his career story But he was really funny in a couple movies I watched way, way I'm talking 20 years ago And then this is the only thing I've seen him in since, I think
1: everybody on this show is it, th- th- we don't have any leading stars on the show. Right. Everybody is a really good like character player. Right. Whether, you know, Connie Britton, Steve Zahn, Alexander, Alexandra Daddario, Jake Lacey, Sydney Sweeney, like um the no. guy the guy playing uh what's his name Arm- Armand Armand uh who's who is recognizable but like can't even think of his name right now. Uh Murray Bar- Bartlett. Yeah, 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 Murray Bartlett. Um so it, it's I, if you, we pulled up Steve Zahn's IMDb last week. Like he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's he's had a he's had a nice career. He's just never like, you know, true. He's never the star of anything. But this yeah. is an, this is a. You're right. St- he was in like War of the Planet of the Apes and shit so, so, in 2017. But, you know. So you're you're right. He's he's got a lot of screen time, and this is a pretty big show here. So this is. Uh, but holds know, his own. Yeah. Oh yeah. And really carries the scenes that he's supposed to
0: carry and hysterically. Uh, this has this has a lot of like that meet the parents' awkwardness, but mm-hmm. it's great when when she asks you know she 's looking for reassurance about the spark and and normally <laughs> where somebody might you know tell a white lie to somebody on their honeymoon, especially yeah yeah he's like, oh, the spark, no, 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 the spark's fucking dead like you, you, you the spark died long ago, but you know you find like a way with love or whatever um that was utterly hysterical so just all in all that all of his scenes and that kid the son yeah is very, very funny. Him sleeping on the beach like a dumbass, putting his stuff under his chair. Yeah. He's right there. The tide comes in, kid. What do you think? kids don't think. They
1: don't don't think, Ross. He just wants to crank. You need to think. Stop cranking. Think for a second. You can't think about high tide coming in. He doesn't know if it's low tide. He doesn't know if it's high tide. He doesn't know which way is up. He's watching too much pornography. If I go down there to meditate (laughs) at the sunrise and there's a fucking (laughs) 16-year-old on a beach chair covered in a Comforter jacking off. I'm filing a complaint with yeah, everybody possible. You you, you, you got to think that Four Seasons Maui is not happy about that. They
0: got a lifeguard down there, right? <laughs> Somebody's watching this kid crank. Um, just just a, all, everyone is well cast so far. I don't know what the shit is going on with the cranker's sister. Uh, you know, yeah. Let's What's talk about it? that one. So, uh, Sweeney, so Sweeney Sydney Sweeney's uh, yeah Paula
1: character. and Paula's her friend and her name Olivia. Olivia, yeah, Olivia, Olivia and, and, Paula. and Paula, and
0: Paula's like banging this, or yeah. I'm sorry, hooking up with this staff. Well, actually, banging, banging the staff staff member. Yep, yep. But not telling her friend Olivia, who right. brought her on this vacation. And I'm really unclear on the
1: conflict there. So I guess we all are. Or we're supposed to be. You're you're supposed to be. My guess is that uh, Olivia has feelings for Paula. Right. Okay, that's the only real guess that I've had there, so far is that there, maybe there's, there's some kind of romantic relationship there we aren't print, uh, privy to. Yeah, that yeah. That's what I think. And does Paula know about that? Maybe not. Has Paula indicated that she is like also interested in Olivia at some point and now maybe like Olivia's seeing that maybe her sexuality is like a little bit more fluid than she thought? Maybe. That she did that she actually does like guys as well or maybe she was supposed to be interested that's what I think, that's the brewing conflict. Right. But there's another piece of it, and and that probably would have made more sense if they were slightly younger, like late high school, where it's like, if you bring a friend on a trip like that. Sure. Like, you kind of expect them to hang out with you. Well, and also, and like, like if, at the very hey, least, we if brought you go, here, and now you're going to go hook up with some random, like. If they're like, going to go catch some dick, you expect the story out of it, like. I brought I, you at least. You can see share it. the story? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Share the story with me at the very least. So I, I, I that it could just be as simple as her kind of like, you know, bucking up against that because I, I imagine that that we'll we'll kind of you know unspool this a little bit further. But like, Olivia's family is obviously like very wealthy and very privileged, and you know her and 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 Olivia is is having the sophomore at a liberal arts school college experience with her newfound friend Paula. Where her mind is opened up to all these other ideas, right? Like, you, right. you know, they're having the conversations about safe spaces and what her dad is or isn't allowed to say. Being uh, woke uh, about, and getting canceled. Yes. Um, the, in episode two, she she says, she, uh, "You know, her mom is has done impressive things." Well, yeah, Putin, Putin is impressive. Putin is impressive as well. He's not a good guy. Your mother is uh, not Putin. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's you know it. She might be having like that, just that feeling of like, hey, we brought you on this vacation and now you're kind of abusing the, the opportunity by going off and having this fling without even like mentioning it.
0: And that would make sense so, to me if they weren't blowing lines and popping every pill in the book. Like they're supposed to clearly be like degenerate fuck up kids, right? Like in. Nah. Yeah. You ever took a bag of Coke and like four different prescription pills on a trip, bro? I've never even done that, and I was way more of a, a yeah, shit than Yeah, but,
1: you. so, uh, I'm, I, I am taking that as a, a, just a total commentary on, like, what the youth is into these days. Like, okay. I, like, like, consider... But that's still a lot of drugs to take on a trip, dude. Yeah, but, but you know how rampant pills are right now? You know how many people are, like, popping Xanaxes and, like... Especially rich family. And all sorts of... Mom not paying attention. Painkillers pain. and type of shit like this, and, like, I, and... Uh, what is it like? Uh, nootropics and psychedelics and like all the the microdosing and macrodosing and the mushrooms and the LSD is like huge right now. And I I feel very very certain that at college campuses it's like way beyond like your prototypical weed and coke that that maybe we saw in our day. You know what I mean? Like I just mm. I just get the feeling that Gen Z is like very very more involved. You remember yeah, but you're an old boomer Barrett, dude. You
0: just like you're just in a different mindset. These kids are chilling. No, dude, this, I have
1: kids, the. I, you, you're the one arguing that they're degenerate fuck ups. I'm saying they're normal kids at college right now. I'm saying
0: based on the amount of drugs they brought and are using on this trip, we are not being presented with two girls who were just like on the straight and narrow, studying and getting good grades. These dude, are chicks.
1: They're, they're reading
0: philosophy books at the pool, man. Yeah, that's the part of them that maybe is more Gen Z. They're woke, they're new age, whatever. But there's still these two, I don't think normal Gen Z kids, instead of drinking beers and smoking weed and maybe doing coke and molly, are all carrying around duffel bags like it's fucking fear and loathing in Las Vegas.
1: I I just, there was, we had a conversation in our group text about this uh, a month or so back. I shared something that I saw on Instagram and I was like, what the hell is going on here?
0: Yeah, but that's Instagram. And, that's not real and, life. And
1: and our buddy who is, is real life. who is I feel like more plugged into some of this like coastal elite shit that happens among this like echelon of socioeconomic classes. He's a 34-year-old real estate guy. Was like was basically like, "Oh yeah, people have these parties where they just like mix ketamine and molly and like all sorts of shit." and oh. just drink it all and like that it's just like a whole thing. Yeah, but he's old and rich. I just feel like there's a whole new Oh, what, you're like inserting all scene. kinds of
0: weird shit into this from out of nowhere. I'm telling you my read is these two girls are supposed to be druggies. Okay. I Like are you seeing the hotel manager the result of him doing their drugs for just a couple days? The guy's unraveling.
1: Yeah, but We'll just have we'll just have to see. Agree to disagree on this one because I don't I don't think that's I don't think okay. that's where they're they're pointing. Barrett them. thinks they're normal. I think college that they are positioned at nor- as normal college students. If into there's the, any normal college students did the type of drugs that that college kids are doing right now.
0: If you're in college and you have a GPA above two point five, <laughs> I would love to hear from you and ask if you've ever done anything near this amount of taking that much drugs on a trip. Because I mean,
1: I, look, I'm a pretty. Don't get me wrong. They they're like, oh, Maui beach k hole, and I'm like, what the fuck? But that is. I just think the whole, like, the ketamine thing and, like, the weird shit they're doing is way more prevalent than than maybe you're giving credit to right now. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying
0: it's not prevalent. I'm saying it's prevalent for fuck-ups. <laughs> normal people don't go around doing Special K, bro. That is not normal. All right. All right. Um, and But, yeah, I see, I see what you're, you're saying. I see the argument you're making. Anyway, those girls are having some kind of drama. Yes. Between the two of them. Which takes us to the newlyweds, right? Because uh, homeboy is over there trying to like flirt with these two chicks, pretty brazenly in yeah, front of his yeah, yeah. his wife, who kind of he's dick, already kind of a dick, <laughs> already having issues with. He's, and then, not on t- on top of that, like even if he wasn't there with his wife, his wife didn't even exist, let's say, or maybe she didn't care. Yo, bro, you don't just splash strangers at the pool, dude. Like frankly, you don't splash people you know at the pool unless you're trying to fuck with them. Really, like you don't do it. But if they say stop and you keep doing it, like this is weird. This guy's a weirdo.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially it's with creeping, bro. especially with girls that you are people or whoever that you know are there with their family. This is not. This is not Cabo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're like on a nice family vacation at a super luxe Maui resort. Yes. it's a, that's that that. We're not at the all-inclusive party resort in, in Cancun. Right. This place is very nice. What you're doing is very
0: strange. <laughs> yeah. People are there for privacy. Yeah. And, and these are borderline underage girls. <laughs> um, maybe go back and hang out with your already disgruntled wife, yeah, who, you, yeah, who you've yeah. told point blank uh, uh, that is mostly for sex. <laughs> for you. Which was a weird move, frankly. Just a weird move. That'd be another time for a white lie that that didn't happen.
1: Yeah, I think I I think the brilliance of the Shane character is that god he's good so far. <laughs> he he's he is relatable in in some certain ways like getting getting upset about little things, not being able to let uh perceived slights go. Right. Um you know, being a little too caught up with with whatever he, he his idea of like alpha masculinity is, right? But then he, he just – he can't harness that. He can't reel that in to some, like, acceptable level. Yes. Like, he's so clueless. He's so blind to, like, what his wife actually wants from him or wants from any type of relationship. But, like you said, he can't even make up a white lie when she's sitting there about, like, what else he likes about her. Yes. And it's instead, weird. Instead, he just in, – like, it's it's such a great little just moment where where she's like, well, what if it goes – you know, what if it goes away? Then what do we fall, fall back on? And instead of saying, oh – our great conversation or how much I like hanging out with you. He just says, Oh, it won't go away. Yeah. (laughs) And then she
0: immediately has a conversation with a guy who's like, Oh, it for sure goes away, (laughs) which is not reassuring to her. No. And like, everybody knows somebody like this. I know married guys like this who are, who are, you know, clearly able to carry on a relationship with somebody on a very intimate level, intimate enough to get them to want to get married. Right. But, beyond that when it comes to like the growing together or figuring out like your passion in life together or like finding that fucking like lane together they are, it's a total disaster even on a communication like they'll say things to or in front of their wife that I'm like oh shit like most of the women i dated would have dumped me if i if i said something like that or yeah, did something yeah. like that like or at I, I least would have gotten like my ass kicked <laughs> um <laughs> It's just, And I'm like, that That has to result in not good things later for yeah, you. Yeah. I don't know why you would say. And there's just like people that, exi- that exist, many dudes especially, I would say, that are just kind of clueless as to how to treat people. Like this yeah, guy is yeah, one of them, yeah. right? He's just kind of been privileged his whole life. He's only had to worry about him. And his fucking mom is still this like thing hanging in the wind that we know is showing up at some point, I think which we're is kind we're of fi- annoying I, to I me. I think we're
1: finally getting Molly Shannon next week. As mom. I've wanted this
0: since (laughs) we knew since episode one that it was going to happen. And now it's just hanging over us. So how many episodes do we get total? I don't know, actually. I think it's just six, man. Is it six? Yeah, six. Huh. Count them. You sure? Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. Um, Lucas Gage as Dylan. Oh, yeah? Is fantastic. And uh, Armand just now trying to fuck everyone is mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. He, like
1: directly telling Steve Vaughn to Steve Zon. Now, now that he is off the wagon, he uh, yeah, he's he's just letting all the all the thoughts out. Hey you want to find out <laughs> I really, really
0: was hoping he was gonna go fuck Steve Zahn in the ass. Steve Vaughn what's his name? <laughs> Steve Zahn. Don't know what Steve's on, Mark uh, Mark I, wa- I was I thought he was gonna bang Mark and I was a little and I still think he might.
1: I still think he might there's a real chance loved mark uh doing his uh drunk off his ass monkey routine for his wife Ooh. that was a just, ve- that was a very very good
0: it monkey was imper- that was incredible. <laughs> It literally got me to the point where I was sitting there thinking, like, man, he must have watched a shit ton of monkey footage. Like, he may have gone to the zoo
1: and sat there and, like, emulated a gorilla because he it just, was so good. His whole his whole body, where he's still, like, small guy, like, but, like, becomes kind of, kind of barrel-chested yeah. and, like, a little bit of a gut, Ooh. it was very, very gorilla-esque. And then the way, the way he, like,
0: he lays down next to her after he's been rejected and he does, like, the monkey thing where he's like, ugh. And he kind of, like, reaches sadly, like, oh, like, this is the <laughs> thing I wanted that I didn't get before he, like, curls back up. And he's still doing the, oh, as he goes to sleep. I was fucking dying. <laughs> God, that was good. Yeah, yeah no, it's, yeah. it's, those are the things about the show that make it really, really entertaining, though. And, uh, no better example than Tanya taking her mom
1: out to sea to, uh, dispose of her ashes. I, You, man, you talk about, like, so, it, she is she's great um Jennifer Coolidge mm-hmm. but uh, almost intolerable I I, I I almost can't handle it and oh, I know man. that like her her this is what she does yeah. she's unbelievable in these like super cringy performances that just kind of like grate on you a little bit super over the top that are also really I mean like when she's dr- having the little dream sequence where she's splashing around like in the shallows yeah uh scattering that Laugh out loud funny to me again. Yeah, I was about to cry. And then on the boat, it just like skin crawling. You're just like, oh my God, I can't do this. So that's, yeah, it's it's working, man.
0: <sighs> that, the build there has been awesome. And to see her uh, her and Belinda, who she's trying to coerce into being in business with her and opening up her own shop. And, and there's just so much going on. <laughs> Fucking Armand... Planning to screw the newlyweds By putting them on the ship With her Was so damn funny And uh Oh my god The crew The the sunset cruise Was one of my favorite parts of the episode Just cause like Watching her scatter the ashes And then not even be able to complete So all of that happened for nothing She didn't even complete the task (laughs) Which means next week We still have to hear more About her fucking mom's ashes bro Yeah, Yeah Oh my god Like even in the dream,
1: you just wade a little, wade out six feet into the ocean. Just start, it, starts Brian. Turn yeah. the bag upside down and walk <laughs> the fuck away. What's wrong with you?
0: She's amazing though. She's so good at playing this like completely broken person who's just like, she has a bunch of money and that's kind of it. Yeah. She's just yeah. broken and lost and doesn't know what to do and can't move on and hated her mom but loves her mom and can't even do the ashes and just. Thankfully ruining Shane and Rachel's honeymoon at the same time.
1: <laughs> Rachel's, like, crying by the end of this romantic Shane, cruise. Shane and Rachel, by the way, who still have a leg uh, in Tahiti of this whole trip. Gotta think they're not making it to, all the way to Tahiti. Uh,
0: remember episode one's opening, though, when Shane is in the airport alone? Yeah. I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think they're going to Tahiti. That's one of the, the callbacks yeah, here right, right. that we gotta keep in mind. He leaves by himself. Correct. Coffin being loaded onto the plane. Yeah. Somebody's gonna die.
1: That's yeah. the other thing you, above us. Do you want to give me a prediction for for who's in the uh, in the casket? I will give you a prediction on whether or not it is a
0: murder or just somebody dies.
1: I thought we I thought we Are decided we doing, it was a
0: murder. I don't, think don't, they don't, say don't, that's don't, where that person was murdered. Was murdered or something along those lines. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, okay. Um, hmm. I think it's going to be Sydney Sweeney killing. Paula, Olivia killing Paula. Okay, I think it's going to be the love interest gone wrong here.
1: I think the I think the dead dead person, the murderer, the murderer, <laughs> the murder- victim, the murderer. Uh, shouts is Ar- to uh, is Armand.
0: Armand. Yeah. Okay, you think he's going to die?
1: Yeah, because he's 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 such a loose cannon now. He's fucking crazy, dude. That I he's all hopped up that, on that, those drugs. Right. He's going to make it. He's pissing off everybody. He's making passes at, at the young gentlemen that are on his Dylan. staff. He's trying he's, to thank Dylan. He's he's uh, you know saying inappropriate, making inappropriate uh, passes at at uh, at clients. He's ruining this dude's honeymoon now on purpose. Yes, he's hot, He's
0: <laughs> jacked up on all these drugs. All of the decisions that would be considered wrong
1: as a hotel manager. So he's he's, the, he's the front runner for me. Okay. Um. So you think he's gonna die? Yeah, then there's a couple of you know, a couple of dark horse candidates as well. Somebody from the the Mark and, and Olivia and Paula family or or Nicole is one
0: of my dark horse candidates. The the author, the famous whatever. Um, when Rachel sits down with her mm-hmm. and explains to her, like, yeah, I wrote this piece for you, I, f- I thought it was so funny how they got into like online journalism in the past 10 years she mm-hmm. was like well actually i just repurposed it from this other website <laughs> which means that she didn't really write freaking anything about her yeah um and then she just gets absolutely flamed by nicole in response all good things yeah mazel muzzle, muzzle. what but else yeah. Tad, t- you want to talk about uh ted lasso song uh today? well just to wrap it up yeah, i just wrap i, it up.
1: I, I thought like, like we kind of said like this episode was very funny i laughed out loud you know the most times that i had in a given episode and obviously we're getting closer and closer to the to the to some type of climax of sorts as everybody loses it and so i just thought that it like it really started laying all of its pieces down on the table and like putting the puzzle together And i just thought it was an excellent episode that that really has me like you know looking forward to sunday nights again like big time so
0: it's it's a good story so far and it's it's become more and more exciting each week like you said it's really building towards uh Potentially being something special, so we'll see. Hell of a cast, great casting job. Yeah, individual um, performances are very strong.
1: Yeah. So a few quick things that's that my, I want to touch my, yeah. on. Uh, we we mentioned Olympics. Are you watching Olympics at all? A little bit. Yeah, I've been there. watching some. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Um, there's been a. I've seen a lot online about how difficult it's been to watch these Olympics, mm. and I just want to give props to YouTube TV because about two days before the Olympics started. Okay. It like gave me a pop up and it was like, "Hey, which sports are you interested in?" And I just like hit add on anything that I was interested in. Okay, and it's basically like recording and logging all of that. And then when I when 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 I pop onto YouTube TV, no matter what time of day or night it is, it's right. like, "Hey, this shit's on." Plus, we have this recorded, and so it's just like all the channels are there. There's the Olympic Channel and NBC and all the other ones that they're showing shit on, and uh, and so it really hasn't been that difficult for me to like tune into the stuff that is happening and find the stuff that is live.
0: Isn't a lot of it live in um, the first
1: half of the day for us here in America? No, the, it's it's actually live. It's there's more live at night. What? Cuz nights when I keep not being able to find it. Yeah, like I'm on it, the
0: Paramount app and the fucking I mean,
1: it's, app It's pretty and... it's pretty rough. I think if you if you get up super early then you might see some live stuff. Uh, but it's basically like I think the window is like if like five to seven a.m. Central, you'll see five to eight a.m. Central. You can see some live stuff. Okay, and then again at like nine to midnight. Weird. But Tokyo is what fourteen hours ahead, so it's pretty. It's lipped. It's pretty weird. It's pretty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for the most part, you're having to watch reruns uh, if you really want to watch
0: the full. full yeah,
1: which of course sucks. And then I also saw there. There was one like suggestion recommendation via tweet that I that I really really liked that I hope they consider at some point, point. and they. They sort of do this, but it needs to. They should do more of it. Um, but like, there basically needs to be Olympic red zone, where yes, yes. if like across all sports, this is all the idea. live sports, they're just constantly bouncing around to like metal events and live stuff, or last three parts la- of a volleyball yes. match that's close, totally yes. stuff like that. Like just constantly giving you like the good shit that's going on right now, because that's typically what will happen. Is like I'll watch like a great. Uh, you know, four metal swim, and then they'll be like, "All right, and now we're going to you know Latvia versus Italy first round men's volleyball." And it's like, "Okay, well, I don't want, I, I don't need to watch that." Or for me, it'll, <laughs> dude, what I keep talking
0: about, I'll watch something. I'm like, "Damn, that was dope." And they're like, "All right, and now for thirty nine minutes of conversation about yeah everything that's happened today before we get to the next event." I'm like, um. All right, well I'm gonna go do stuff.
1: Yeah, so it's it's so, it's definitely hard when when the when the time is 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 flipped on its head as it is, but uh but YouTube TV has been very helpful. I do wish they would do more bouncing around to like stuff that is happening uh and important and, and live. Speaking of YouTube TV, not a sponsor today, but I have heard a lot of good things about it.
0: Um we do not have a sponsor today. Our sponsor today is you listening, and specifically those of you on Patreon.com slash oysters clams cockles who are enjoying the Sopranos with Barrett and I. We are doing one podcast episode per episode of HBO's classic crime drama, The Sopranos, one of the greatest television shows of all time. These episodes uh, of our podcast, available on Patreon.com/slashOystersClamsCockles, are ad free. They are friendly to both first timers and repeat viewers. I have seen the show several times. Barrett has never seen it. Uh, we are staying spoiler free in terms of what's happening moving forward. And uh, having a lot of fun dissecting and discussing each and every episode of The Sopranos. We are a good bit of the way into season three now on the show. So if you go to patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles today and sign up, you will immediately have access to over 30 episodes or something like almost 30 episodes of uh, the podcast to listen to, catching up with uh, The Sopranos. As you see fit, Barrett and I watch an episode every Wednesday night, we record on Thursdays and drop the podcast when it's available on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. When we don't have sponsors or we don't have many sponsors, which like right now we don't, hopefully we get to a place where we do, um, but we're in sort of what uh, our advertisers see as the off-season for us. Some people still see us as a strictly Game of Thrones podcast, it turns out, which we are not That's neither here nor there. The point is, we need support from you, our listeners, and that's where we get it, on patreon.com slash oystersclamscockles in exchange for coverage of one of the greatest TV shows of all time. If you've ever liked OCC, if you enjoyed our Game of Thrones coverage, any episodic uh, coverage that we've done, really, you will love The Sopranos on patreon.com slash oystersclamscockles. We're having some cast members on when we get the chance. So far, we've had the uh, actor who plays Bobby Bacala, Steve Sharippa on as a, as a guest on Patreon So, go today, The Sopranos, Barrett Dudley, Ross Bolin Talking about each episode with a companion podcast per episode Working our way through Season 3 currently If you sign up now, you get access to the entire backlog Patreon, dot com Slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles Mr. Dudley, you watched uh, Ted Lasso, new season, lot of hype that's right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of hype. Maybe yeah. one of the most hype sophomore seasons. I, yeah, yeah. Of a show in a minute.
1: Yes, and uh, I was interested I was. It was interesting because this this is a show that is like it. It's almost more charming than it knows what to do with. <laughs> if that makes sense, it's very like it is. It is. It's so heartwarming that it like. It, it, the the balancing act that it achieved in season one was like somehow being s- so authentic and genuine and sweet without being saccharin and cheesy. Yeah, yeah, and it's so tough. it's it's and that is a very very tough line Fine to walk. Line to walk and, yeah. and um, Jason Sudeikis is Ted Lasso, like it, w- w- one of his kind of bits is that he makes all sorts of crazy metaphors all the time as part of his daily like speech pattern and conversation. Okay. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, kind of like we talked about succession going into season three, like is succession aware that it's succession now? And like, will it be (laughs) playing off of that knowledge that it has about itself? Right. You know, has it, has, has it become sentient as basically self-aware is it self-aware? And that, that, that is kind of off top what I was a little worried about going into Ted Lasso season two as well, because it made that jump right after season one. It was it made season one, season one came out, and then it just was an avalanche of like positive reviews and support and, and, and the and, pandemic
0: really fed that. Yes, so many people being absolute, at home and wanting something heartwarming and good and positive yeah, in their
1: lives, right? Just absolute adoration for this show. And it's like, okay, well now they're gonna now they gotta lean into all this stuff that they, you know, made their name on. Can they do that? Can can they keep walking that fine line? So uh only one episode obviously it's 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 being released uh week by week very funny very good episode is it again? uh it's apple, on apple tv apple tv this yeah. is like their first huge win right yeah the, i think you'd the, have to say the morning show had success and is nominated for awards and, yeah, and all of that critically
0: maybe some success there but in terms of like but, capturing a gigantic mainstream audience yes. of people who cannot shut the fuck up about how much they love something yep. ted lasso's like, like you said, pretty rare that a season, one season of a TV show will get you to a place where the general pop culture lexicon is regarding you as a must watch, and yeah, that's where yeah. Ted Lasso is at. Still haven't watched it, by the way, and it is now at the point where I'm feeling the shame of that pretty much daily, <laughs> especially now that season two is kicked off. Because, yeah. dude, pe- like you, people love it on like an emotional let, like they really, really connect with this show. Yeah, um, which again. It's, it's dangerous, right? It's like that. Like you go to season two, and it's like, can they can they maintain this? Yeah. Can they harness that? And like especially, especially you and me, I feel like we're paranoid because there's just a lot of heartbreak when yeah. you do what we do, and you get invested in shows and you love them. And then there's always that chance that they might flub it, that they might drop the ball. Like, Westworld season one was one of the more inventive, fun shows I've ever watched. Yeah, season yeah. two was a pretty clear-cut red flag. And season three was a total shitstorm that I wish I'd never watched. And it's like, there's just so many instances, like Game of Thrones flopping at the end. Californication just shitting all over itself for the last two True seasons. True Detective. Dexter is coming back somehow. <laughs> there's just, True Detective season two, it's just really, really tough. And and with, and with one that's been like this light of positivity in the world, yeah. like we need it to succeed. So tell me how the first episode. Went.
1: Yeah, the first episode was good. Um, it, it, it's uh, I, I feel like you have to, and I and, and I said this about season one as, as well. Like the very first episode, I totally just you know pushed back on Jason Sudeikis' accent and his character and his overall like. Goofy demeanor, goof. Yeah, his goofy, over the top demeanor, cartoonish. Um, now I was prepared for that this time around, but it's been a year. I hadn't done any type of rewatch, and so like the the first episode definitely felt like I was reacclimating to the Ted Lasso world. <laughs> okay, so it was good and it was funny, but I had to like, I kind of had to cl- had to, had to jump that hurdle again, where I was like, okay, this is the this is the shtick, this is the vibe. He, the, everybody here is like. Is is uh, too good, you know, to, to be, be true. true. Essentially, did you feel like and this so I was a good got, place? I, ever? I gotta, I gotta get back into that. No, because the good place, the conceit is totally different. Okay, they're actually bad people. Got it. Right. Uh, you know? okay. I didn't realize that. So uh,
0: that was the thing about the marketing that always made me
1: formerly bad people. Okay, the Learning marketing to be good.
0: Yeah, the marketing always made me feel like I was going to watch a show about like all these goody two shoes people, and that was one of the reasons I never dove in. And yeah. then you told me it was one of your favorite things you ever watched. Yeah, so it's, like,
1: it's yeah they, they 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 flip it a little more. This is just okay. people genuinely being good people, um, okay. and it's it's a little weird, you know. Well, it's pretty <laughs> inaccurate, frankly. <laughs> it's not that much of that going so, uh, on. So, but it, it again, like it's uh, wholesome. It is so wholesome. Making something wholesome and and, and good. And and, and despite the fact that I'm talking about how I had to acclimate to to the first episode again, I I can't leave out the fact that they did the little season one recap and I like teared up. It's so, like that's the level that it just like puts its claws into you. That's pretty wild. And so it's it's good to have back and I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing what they do with with, um, with season two here. Ted Lasso. Yeah, that's one that
0: when after you, uh, you and my mom... Pretty early on when it first came out, had told me, like, had gotten really excited about it, my mom especially. Um, and then since then, you've raved about how much you've enjoyed it, and then I've seen a lot more of our friends and, and people in our circle pick pick up that sort of momentum on mm-hmm. Twitter and talk about it. And I've seen some posts on Instagram, and and slowly but surely, it's become one of the, like, five, three, maybe even, most anticipated shows of when the new season drops. And here we are, and, and the, uh, the noise is pretty pretty loud again so best of luck to you ted lasso fans one day i will catch up with you just probably not during season two we got a lot going on right now um what the hell else did i say i watched you
1: rewatched something i believe uh (laughs) gone girl (laughs) (laughs) yeah is that because of the the benefit yes that's exactly it yes that's no i'm not joking (laughs)
0: like uh, okay okay but here's the thing and this is this is something we could actually talk about for Uh a second it pertains to our show so the uh, the Benifer sance
1: as Barrett <laughs> describes it, um, the Renaissance, the Renaissance. It's right there. Has, it's right there for us. I thank can't, you. It's, yeah.
0: it's brought me to this place where I feel sorry for Ben Affleck. Benifer two Where I'm like, Ben-a-sons. where I'm just like, I've been looking at the pictures. I've been seeing all her posts for her fiftieth birthday, where she has the body of a fifty-two body of a nineteen-year-old yeah, Olympian. Yeah, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Um, stop it. But uh, Ben Affleck. <laughs> Look, he's a, he's a walking meme at this point to me. Mm-hmm. He, he's the cigarette outside, just like, God fucking strike me with lightning guys. Constantly meme.
1: carrying like four coffees for some reason. He just looks Dunkin like he
0: wants to die. <laughs> all right? And uh, Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez were one of the strangest couples in the history of A-list couples, okay? A-Rod is a known fucking weirdo, all right? He was weird their whole relationship. And the second they broke up, he didn't really seem to ever care in the first place. She's immediately dating Ben Affleck. What I'm saying is, you know the the Hollywood matchmaker thing? Yeah. Where these A-listers date each other simply for the publicity yes. and the status raise? Correct. I never really bought into that very heavily. Well, I'm an idiot. Um, it is absolutely <laughs> something that goes on all of the time. And it's fucking genius if you think about it. You're Jennifer Lopez, you're in your 50s. You don't really give a shit anymore. You're not trying to get married. Maybe you're still working on your career. Maybe you are trying to get married. Maybe you you already have kids. I don't really know, but the point is, you could absolutely have a public-facing relationship with another A-lister that makes you both money and gets you both attention and time and screen time and interviews and magazine covers and not ever have to sleep with this person or really, frankly, do anything inappropriate if you didn't want to. Makes total sense. We're idiots, like sheep people.
1: Um, this is not hard to set up, right? Yeah, here's where here's where I'll I'll, I'll push back on that a, l- a little bit. While I certainly think that there are relationships out there that are purely manufactured, manufactured and for the press, right? I also feel like uh, there are others that are kind naturally of combi- naturally combinations of and in betweens. Sure, where it's like managers may get together, your people talk to my people this would we be should a good relationship, you sh- we should set them up. Yeah. And then... It happens, and then, naturally. And then it happens, and these two people set up, but they probably kind of like each other, even if they realize that this is not going to be, like, a long-term thing. Sure. Right? But so I just think it's a different level of decision-making for some of the A-listers, especially. 100%. Right. But, I, but But with this Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez thing, I'm right there with you, because there's clearly... There I, I don't remember a time... Where something was so obviously Fake. like yeah, or set up or s- set up just set up to be and for ev- this reason yes and everything that they're doing they're recreating famous photos of them from like the from the early two thousands yeah you know it's just like, very social media so friendly it's so obvious whether th- whether they're actually dating and hooking up is kind of beyond the point it's irrelevant it's irrelevant because th- what they're doing for the public is very clearly manufactured and and that's really that's really the point but uh, well but in, it's, in the case you know, of those two, it's like it's I expect celebrity
0: couples to manufacture moments, etc for the press. But I didn't realize that celebrity couples would manufacture their entire fucking relationship. <laughs> but now that I'm a 34 year old man on the other side of a divorce, if I was a cele- an a-list celebrity in Hollywood, that is exactly what I would do. Why not take the time to elevate your career and somebody else's? And the probably greatest example of this ever, in my mind, will always continue to be Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. um, Who, through no one in the world's logic, makes sense together. Yet, they create this power couple that... I mean, look man, if you look at Kanye before and after Kim, it's a totally different deal. In every way, unfortunately, but in terms of influence, in terms of reach, in terms of the amount of people who know about him, which is pretty much everybody at this point, I think, I mean, he is goddamn enormous. And in the same way, he exposed her to an entirely different culture almost, like in a much deeper, more meaningful way. Um, It's just like their relationship to me always seemed like one that might have been completely Either, either completely manufactured with the understanding, like, they wanted to have a family, but this was all gonna be kind of, like, horse shit. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, fucking mm-hmm. super people, dude. They're making decisions on a weird level that doesn't make sense to us, but it's like, we'll have kids, we'll raise them well, they'll have great lives, but you and I are just basically doing this. Do you know what it is? It's the fucking house of cards thing. We're gonna be married, we're gonna have a relationship, but really this is about us both knowing that we can help each other move up and crush mm-hmm. the world, or whatever, or take over, and make billions of dollars, or whatever it is people do. So... That's the end of my Hollywood relationship rant. That <laughs> was brought on by what again? Where did we start? Uh, Benifer, Benison Benifer. Yeah, but Ben Affleck in Gone Girl um, is is just Ben Affleck. So you know he's okay. Shouts to Imrata. and uh, good movie overall. Fun yeah, it one. is. It is a good one. Man, when she cuts uh, old Barney's throat, Barney Stinson's throat. Uh huh mid-coitus is some, some one of the wildest things I've ever fucking seen in my life still and I've seen the movie twice now but when oh, yeah, I saw it in yeah. theaters bro I was like oh. it was one of those where everybody else was quiet and I was like oh
1: it's awkward because <laughs> I clearly enjoyed it too much <laughs> yeah. you know so uh, uh, note to producer tight. Jared to cut what Ross just did into an um, animated gif damn it <laughs> My O face? Yeah, 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 You're in theater oh, O face. Oh, oh, oh But uh that, I got nothing that, else to that's say. a good that's a good segue, Ross. Are you ever going back to a movie theater again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I finally got fucking vaccinated. Do you so do you see yourself going back to a movie theater? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well
0: but I'm vaccinated. Yeah, I know. So I'm in the ninety nine percent of people who won't die or get hospitalized. Why like, the fuck wouldn't I go back to the movie theater? Yeah, yeah. I'm well, straight. So uh, I mean they're disgusting shitholes, but but I love them.
1: Yeah. Um, Why? Did well, you... I went to the movie theater last night. What happened? Yeah, I, well, okay. Was I it got, the same? Like, I I, I got to put a lot of context behind this for you, okay, or at okay. least a little bit of context. Hit us with it. As a as as a fully vaccinated person, I am not really worried about catching COVID at this point. Okay. Would I like to avoid it? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know the long term effects. I don't want long COVID. I don't want to lose my taste and smell long potentially. COVID. Like, you know, there's a bunch of things to be concerned about. Taste, smell, yeah, yeah. But in general, would far rather just live my life than, like, constantly be worried about catching this thing that I'm almost definitely not going to die from now. Right. 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 You know, Uh, it's just—and everybody has their own risk calculus, and that's fine. As it turns out, my significant other, far lower uh, risk calculus than, than I have. Okay. So, very nervous about the whole thing. Oh, still okay. But Got I, it. but I, I, I dragged her to go see Black Widow last night, and I thought that Draft House was still doing like the when you book the tickets they put one spot on either side of you, like they exit so that you're still distanced, right? That is not the case, right? And so it was just a little bit jarring to walk in on a Monday evening, yeah, and be in a fully packed theater, and so I, it, yeah, I, I, I ended up leaving with like almost paradoxical train of thought because on one hand i just saw a movie that's been out for three weeks in a resurgence of the pandemic on a monday at 6 20 p.m and, and, the it was th- and the theater was full right on the other hand i was like yeah i don't know if the stress of 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 sitting there wondering if the person next to you is vaccinated is worth it and so, like, I, I don't. That's the thing I don't do, though. But so you right, and I and I probably wouldn't have either had I not been kind of like influenced by the person that I right, went, to, sure. went to see the movie sure. with. And every, like you said, everybody has a
0: different level level of concern with all this shit. I get that too.
1: Yeah, and um, but 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 at the same time, it, it did. I, I as somebody that had not been in a movie theater since February of twenty twenty, I think. I think we saw. Parasite, or something, then maybe yeah. I don't. We saw something, something at the beginning, we of saw pandemic, something in February. right before, it, right before because it. in March we were gonna go see the hunt, and, and then that's uh, when, when, yeah. when, every, when all the shit hit the fan. So, which frankly, we, you know, we didn't miss much, uh, yeah. Um, so it had been quite a long time, you know, damn near a year and a half. And I, I think the part that I didn't expect, like, I thought it was gonna be really, really exciting and feel good to be back in the theater, theater. And instead, it was kind of weird. And instead, I was like, yeah, I guess it's pretty nice to be on your couch. I think the biggest—I <laughs> think the biggest—first like, of all, I guess it was
0: Black Widow, so it's a good one to see in theaters, but— It
1: was—by the way, the movie, I was happy that I saw that particular one in theaters. It has some incredible action sequences. This is basically the Bourne franchise now, but for Marvel. Um, big shouts to everybody that was in this movie, all four of the stars—Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, Rachel Weiss, and David Harbour— all were incredible. David Harbour was born to be a kind of like Marvel anti-hero. This dude is so good. No shit. Um he is like he he's he's so uh he he just like epitomizes the gruff loving dad character. <laughs> So this was like the Russian version of his character in Stranger Things, which is ironic because he's going to be breaking out of a Russian prison, but as the American version of this guy in the Stranger Things season four. So like it, but, but unbelievable performance from him. Florence Hugh is absolutely electric. She's going to be a superstar. Um, And this was a, it was great to see Scarlett Johansson kind of get her moment in the sun with, with her own movie. So I loved it. It was awesome to see in theaters. Um, And I did enjoy the experience overall. I do, if anybody works at the Alamo Draft House that listens yes. to this podcast, you got rid of the Brussels sprouts and bacon pizza, and I need you to put that back on the oh, menu. that's fucked up. I really need you to put that back on the menu. If you I ever got, take away pepperoni, I'm gonna bring that place I got down. the angry pepperoni, which is a pepperoni with pickled jalapenos, garlic, and red pepper flakes instead. It was also very good. I've never had that. It's new. Okay. But I would like to get one bacon and brussies and one angry pepperoni now. You got to help you got to help me out. You got to put that thing back on back on the menu.
0: I will say one last thing in closing about my my movie theater attitude versus yours, right? Or just that experience in general. It doesn't like just just about the whole movie theater going out to the theater type of type of conversation. I think a lot of this shit right now, especially with the flare-up that we're having mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. and the pandemic having all these negative headlines again, it really has to do with a lot of, like, personal circumstances and perspective. Like, j- So I just finally was able to go get vaccinated on Saturday, and because of that, like, I might as well be fucking Superman now. <laughs> like, I do not care. I am like... And, and, not, and at the same time, I don't do much, bro. Like, I'm not right. going to the movies, unless it's a movie I want to go see pretty goddamn bad at this yeah. point. Um, and to your point... The couch is pretty fucking dope, dude, and I have, like, a really nice TV, and I got that TV because of the freaking pandemic, and uh, if it's not an action movie that draws me to the theater at this point with, like, my life and, like, fucking toddler running around, like, dude, no, I'm just not as inclined as I once was to say, like, I'm gonna be at the theater all the time like I was before the pandemic. I still—I don't think I will be like I was before the pandemic. Yeah. Things have changed. And no, it's not as worth it for me as it once was. Honestly, not because of COVID, just because, like, in general, like, I think people need some time
1: before they're, like, before, before they're all chill enough for me to be sitting in big groups of them all the time. I think, all the time. I, I think that was my, that was kind of my biggest takeaway, is, like, man, I, I, and honestly, I hope that the theaters, at least the ones in Austin, continue to be packed on a Monday at 620, right. because I would like this to exist when, when it, people are chill, again. when it really is more chill, and yeah, I don't even just have to have my yet. mask in my pocket, and, and, and that was probably the disappointing thing, too. Man, is like to go and then to
0: have it be the energy wasn't what you wanted, it wasn't yeah, what you yeah, expected, it, was, it wasn't right. like this back to the movie theater experience. It's still shitty, and that's that's something that's like an unfortunate thing to remember right now. Is it yeah. like come, we, we do still have to get like 50% of these motherfuckers to take shots. It's going to be a minute before everything feels even remotely normal again. And even then, the psychological effects of all this, we got a good six months to a year of like (laughs) world therapy together before we're we're, we're in a place where you're going to the movies and just saying, like, fuck it. And thinking about taking your shoes off. What what I was
1: bummed about though is that had I gone three weeks ago when this movie debuted, it would have been fine. I would have been, it would have been wildly that's different. exactly what i mean though it's the headlines that can fuck you hard so right now, right and just the fact that we are still in a position where it can be really good and then it can be really bad three weeks later so so th- it's just the way it's, i've it's, managed it's just kind of a crazy thing and yeah, but um, it, can,
0: it can really fuck with you mentally is like the way i've handled it is i check in probably twice a week on what's happening in general yeah with that shit And then that's it, man. I really don't look at any of the head. Like if I see one, I can pretty much tell immediately if it's a COVID related headline and I just fucking move on because just like with the election in 2020, like I read so much stuff and worried so much. And it was just like, at the end of the day, I did my part. I did what I could. And and that was it. Like beyond that, the fuck am I going to sit here and kill myself? have a heart attack at stressing myself the hell out.
1: Well, uh, Closing thought there about the experience, the best part, Ross, the mm-hmm. best part and the part that I think I probably have been missing the most is that while I did think about, yeah, the couch is nice, being home is, is, is nice, it's comfortable, um, it was really, really nice to watch a two-hour two and 15-minute movie and watch the whole movie and not have to hit pause 18 times for various things. Your dog wasn't there, and not and not go take a bathroom break, or stop to refill wine, or like, oh, I'm gonna go get this now, or make a meal. Oh, what? Yeah, like just the the million things that you do that occupy that distract you and occupy your 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 attention when you are at home and comfortable on your couch. It's a very important point you're making, though. It was that was probably the best part. Is just that I was in a theater. Yeah, I had people bringing me my food and my drinks. Yeah. And there was no pausing the movie. There was no stopping it. We went all the way through bingo, bango, bongo. And I, and that was, that was just really, really nice. It's the movie going
0: experience that you're supposed to have. And I come from a long line of, of habitual talkers. And, (laughs) and I know people who are forced to watch movies with me miss the theater because my mom did this to me, man. She doesn't shut the fuck up. (laughs) Mom, we're all watching it right now. We know together. Like, you know how many times I had to pause with this woman <laughs> over the course of my life, and then now I'm her, dude. We're, we'll be watching a movie, me and the girlfriend, and it'll, I like I I'm pa- like I'll pause it to like mansplain some shit about it to uh-huh. her, and she's yeah. like. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> or to like tell her how funny I thought. So I'm like, "Fuck, that was that was funny as shit, huh?" <laughs> oh
1: my god, especially, did you see that? Especially uh, that with was The Sopranos, where I've funny. seen
0: it and she hasn't, and she's just like this fucking.
1: Guy. You're Polly. You're you're over there doing your your uh, your own oh your my, your own Polly. Oh my god, I'm
0: Polly. <laughs> and oh my god, is that a parrot joke? Like Polly want a cracker? Like he repeats himself? I don't know. There's so much depth to that show. Find out more on Patreon.com/slash Oysters Clams Cockles Barrett, and I'll be back there. On Thursday, with another episode of The Sopranos, and we'll be back here next week to maybe discuss more Ted Lasso, maybe some Dave White Lotus for sure. Though uh, maybe I'll watch another fucking Marvel movie. Who knows? I'm just just tired at this point of watching <laughs> them t- fight, goddamn every fucking alien Impossible monster and thing in each other. But it's fun. A lot, A lot of punch. A lot of punch. Just all the aliens. They're beautiful faces. They're so distracting. They are, they are. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. All right, Barry, let's, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs>